One. All right, we are uh, we're starting. If you want to introduce yourself and tell me why I'm gonna get like forty thousand girls texting me trying to figure out who you are because their panties are getting wet. I I guess so. Well, uh, anyways, uh, for those of y'all that don't know me, uh, my name is Blaze Leapshire. Um, I'm from Hydro, Oklahoma, and um, I'm on the local volunteer department over there. Uh, here in Hydro, um, I've been on for pretty close to actually about a. I just passed my year mark in April, so we've been booking it pretty good. Um, I go to college over at Southwestern Oklahoma State University, uh, just up the road from where I'm at, and uh, recently, recently enlisted back in February in the Oklahoma National Guard. Um, I kind of went in and out of recruiting offices just because of circumstances with uh, medical, you know, they wouldn't be able to get my waiver. And I finally got my waiver, got enlisted, and I'm leaving for basic training um, in June. And I'm really excited because, you know, it's something I've been looking forward to my whole life. Um, through high school, I got a lot of negativity um, just because they, you know, sometimes people just want to be me or, you know, they want to, you know, they want to know me better, you know, but at the same time, the people saying, hey, you're never going to get anywhere, you're, you're not going to wear that uniform, you're not going to represent your community, you're not going to go to college, you know, it's, it takes a toll on you and when you're when you're uh, 135 pounds 125 pounds soaking wet you know that really hits hard um and so I just started going to the gym and working out you know progressing and I started getting contacted uh by recruiters and I ended up just taking that step and I graduated in 18, and I started the process in 2017, and I just enlisted back in February. So, in that sense, having that mentality of pushing through hard times and just embracing the suck, um, you know, I haven't embraced all that much at all you know embracing the suck is basically just when you're in the thick of it you know when you're in combat when you're on the highway you know saving someone's life you know it may suck for the while but it makes the best memories at the same time um but it's also one of the hardest things to deal with i got on like I said, I got on back in April of last year, 2019, and about four weeks into it, um, I saw my first fatality, and that was a really big wake-up call for me. Uh, basically, just to say, grow up, and because this line of work is going to suck, you know. And so I just, you know, I just. Pick myself up by my bootstraps and 
put my helmet on and continue forward. And it's just, it's been difficult. Um, especially, you know, with people not understanding, you know, a lot of people don't understand. They think that the military, law enforcement, fire department, EMS are all superheroes. Like, it's almost like we don't have emotion. We come home um, and everything's supposed to be okay. But sometimes that's not the case. Um, I know guys that have been, came back from deployment and they're just torn to pieces uh, just because of their experiences. And with everything that's been going on this past year, uh, car wrecks, me- medical calls, fires, you know, I started to realize, hey, this profession is, a, you know, a lifetime commitment. And whether whether you like it or not, you got to continue forward and be the best you can be. And, you know, just no shit, just embrace the suck, like I just said. Um, and it, you know, you see some very, very tough stuff in the fire service, but don't let that control what you're going to do next uh, because recently due to COVID-19 we've had a lot of firefighters and especially veterans commit suicide because they're just in self-isolation and you know that's that's something I don't want to do I don't want to take that step but I'm there for people that are considering that you know I've been with friends that have you know dealt with suicide and just even though I'm not even physically there I'm on the phone with them talking them off you know their situation and we end up laughing at the end of the day and hanging up the phone and I go and visit them the next day and check in and to see how they're doing um, and continuing through the military when I get there I'm able to wear that uniform and I'll have a family bigger than I can ever imagine um, and it's just it's it's amazing um, but yeah uh, as of right now I'm 20 and I'm just climbing my way up through the top um, I kind of let you talk there because uh, you seem to be on your own roll and you didn't need me in your life. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll just sit here and shut up. Um, hey, you're good, dude. Uh, I was kind of figuring out what I needed to stop, but you know. I mean, right. I was like, he's, he's rolling. Why do I need to stop him? Um, I'm curious because... Um, not that I want to get into specific cases, but I feel that um, a lot of I know I've, I've never really thought about it um, with this whole COVID-19. I think that a lot of us have. Well, I'm not going to say me. This is one of the only things I can say that that it is probably a selfishness in its own right. But I have not had a problem with being in the house. 
partially because I saw this as a vacation. Like, you mean to tell me I have to deal with bullshit? I'm happy here. But it's, it's a thing of even I did not take into consideration what people are dealing with and why this particular crisis could be a problem. So is it that... And I'm not going to ask you that. I'm going to try to figure this out. And this is like a yes or no answer. Or maybe you can elaborate if you want to. I really don't care. But I think I figured it out when I was listening. So is it... I'll do the best I can. Well, I mean, I think we already got this. At least I think I got to figure it out in my head. Just from hearing you. I think it's... What you're trying to tell me is that... Or what you told me is basically these people are having struggles because the COVID has them isolated and so now they're lost in their own heads is that what you're basically telling me yeah they're they're lost in their own head um you know being on zoom being on the phone is not it's not the same as being in person um a buddy of mine lost a relative and this was like right before you know quarantine happened um a buddy of mine lost a relative and he couldn't he couldn't get on the plane because they canceled flights to the location um and so that hit me hard I got on the phone with him and you know he was just broken um and so that's just one of the things you gotta take into consideration all these introverts think it's amazing being inside but these extroverts like myself you know need to be outside need to have that social experience that social interaction um and so that's one that's kind of one of the reasons why i picked an essential job i work at a hardware store part-time um and I'm a firefighter. I'm working on certifications. You know, I I want to be the best I can be. Um, and with this COVID thing going on, you know, it's, it's hard. Especially when you go through a traumatic experience and, you know, you want to sit down with somebody and, you know, have a drink or, you know, just have a conversation with them, but you can't. You know, you're on, you have to be on the phone or you have to have Zoom physical interaction is not the same as you know just a zoom call hmm. you have to you just have to take that into consideration and the next time you you know you think that you know quarantine is so amazing just like oil field the oil field dropped out of the sky and just plummeted I'm paying a dollar thirty-nine a gallon in Oklahoma. The lowest I've seen is a dollar. You know that hits the oil-filled families really hard because that's their livelihood. They can't pay for their mortgage. They can't pay insurance. They can't do anything, um, and it's hard because businesses are closing. Uh, just because you know they they can't provide for them their families, and it's just you know it's tough. And especially when we come out of this, 
we're going to realize that things are going to be okay. You know, even though that businesses closed and things like that and stimulus checks and all of this stuff, you know, it's going to be okay. You know, I think, um, the, I, I don't know what the answer is. Well, I, I know the answer. I just don't know how to communicate it because okay. there is no, especially at this point in time, there is no, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like, what is the nice way to cut a shard out of your leg, except for just go in and cut it hard. Right. Pull it out. Yeah. Know? I mean, there's no there's nice no way to do way it. You can really do it. Yeah. You know? Just pull it out and just wait for it to heal. I think Stick that. Call it good. I think that a lot of us, for, for me, I don't, I don't think that um, I, I, I am not an introvert who wants to stay in the house. Um, it's just that I do a lot of political work. So when I said, I can be on vacation. It's like, I haven't been cussed at in six weeks. <laughs> that is the part. Yeah, that, that, that feels great. Yes. That is the only part yeah. of quarantine that I enjoy is that I haven't been cussed at in six weeks. But I Not do. On. Huh? I definitely get that. I definitely get that. I understand that. You know, you're, the stress of your job, you know, the stress of everything that's been going on, you know, in certain situations, that stress is lifted. You know, you don't have to worry about any of that right now. Right. So, but it's like my stress is lifted, and someone like your stress is impounded. So it's it's an off balance, and and that yeah. that that's a struggle. Um, the hard pill that, or I guess I say the hard pull of the knife out of the wound. Is that the world has changed, sadly, and it's going to change even more. And the thing that kind of hurts me is that we weren't properly prepared for it. And um, so um, and and I want to say this because and I know that I'm going to get neutered for this by all of my political friends that want me to pick a side, but politics is what it is, right? And it's kind of like, which side of the aisle are you on? And the reality of it is, money is money and the world has to turn regardless of whether you bleed red or blue, right? Yeah, for sure. And the thing of it is, is that this world is going to have to turn and it's going to have to turn differently. And now we have the game of, well, who's going to be blamed for it because it's fucked right now. Does that make sense? And because of that, it's like, well, how do we get out of this situation? How do we change? How do we move forward? How do we progress? Uh, how do we realize that uh, there is a transition that has to happen 
this tech bubble that is literally it, it's kind of like the the and I, I encourage everybody to go read the Great Depression. If you if you love history or if you are connected to it, go study it, because literally this is Great Depression, too. And the reason why there was a Great Depression was because the world got so fucked in transition that the whole operation of how we knew it changed. So that's politics aside. That's just the facts of the situation. Now, the politics is who's going to benefit from it and who's going to take the blame. And that's what you're dealing with right now on your TV screens is, you know, Dems want to blame Repubs, Repubs want to blame Dems. And it's like, no, we're, we're, we're in a, this is not really anybody's fault per se. It's just, we're at that point where the world is ready to change and the vast majority of society is not ready for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And so now it's the thing of how or what, uh, must be done without, you know, what, 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 what can we do, uh, from a, a personal perspective, even from a, a spiritual perspective, uh, religious, all that stuff kind of plays in because, and I mean, if, if I can just go ahead and, and continue to pull that knife out of everyone who's probably going to be listening to this just because your name is on it, it's going to get much worse. And so, yeah, the question that I think is great that he came on and the reason why I didn't shut him down is because I think that this conversation needs to be had. And I realized that seeing someone physically being able to touch them is something that we've all been used to. It's, it's, it's literally a thing of this is the way we know it. And so my thought process is that just because you can't touch them doesn't mean that they are not there. And I will hope that that'll be something that anybody listening can take into consideration is that they're there. They may be on the other side of a camera. You may not be able to sit right next to them, but their heart is still there with you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so if that can get you through it and, 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 and on the other end, there are going to be those who are going to go back to the real world and they're going to be those who are going to stay in this introverted society. That's that's the way that it is. Eventually, I'm going to have to go back and start getting cussed out again. It's like bring it on. I got my Pornhub bill paid. We'll be good. Um, but for the time being, it's like, how do we how do we. How do we help people relax? What What is your suggestion? Well, um, like we've been talking about, the media, the media just kind of just blew it out of proportion. There are certain guidelines you have to follow. Like, I get that. But, you know, if, if you're like, 
four feet from somebody, somebody freaks out. You know, it's not, you know, it, media causes uproar and chaos. Um, and that's just one reason why I honestly just don't watch the news anymore. If, even if it's good or bad. Um, the only time I really watch the news is if, a, if an accident happens on a firefighter or, you know, an EMS rig gets hit by a car or, you know, that, that's the stuff I pay attention to. I don't pay attention to any of this COVID-19. I understand. I, I watched the guidelines for the CDC. You know, I, I get that. But receiving updates of, oh, there's like four more cases, five more cases. Well, People nowadays are dying from COVID unrelated reasons. You know, suicide with COVID, car wreck with COVID, cancer with COVID. You know, they put that on the death certificate just so they can just be like, oh, well, let's see if we can get everything to go for it. Because, like, we had one person in town we didn't run on him or anything but passed away and just because he was elderly and at the end of his death certificate it said death of COVID hmm it it just blows my mind you know it because the media just blows it way out of proportion. COVID or not, you know, it's just hard. I don't get it. Well, I mean, you're never so going to get just that. Try not, yeah, I just try not to worry about it. I know, think that... I see the, go ahead. No, you, 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 your time. I shut up. Yeah, even, even though I see the numbers of, you know, COVID rising... Like I said, that could be under completely different circumstances. I was watching a video on Facebook of a thir- of a 12-year-old kid about to turn 13. His dad buried his 12-year-old son because he committed suicide during a COVID pandemic. So in his eyes, COVID killed his son. Not because of the symptoms, not because of, you know, just dying in a hospital. He was isolated. And so whenever whenever I see COVID or something like that come up, you know, it's completely different, you know? And it's just it's just how it is and it's it's hard to swallow but we gotta realize that some of this COVID stuff is not as bad as it seems it is still a pandemic we still have to take extraordinary precautions we have to keep people safe but then some of this is just blown out of proportion that's all I'm gonna say so um yeah um, 
I, 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 mm. here's where I'm struggling because, um, not, not that I disagree with any words you say, cause I don't, but at the same time, it's the reality that I don't want to start a war with the media cause I know I'm going to lose that war. Yeah. But it's, it's, or if I do win it, it's, I mean, it's still not worth the time and effort it will take to win that war when I have other things that I can do with my time, if that makes any sense. Oh, for sure. 100%. But I do... um, I do feel that... So I want to say this. This is my response to everybody. It, It comes down to the battle of will. And the reality of it is that the longer there is this, and, and hear what I'm about to tell you, because this is going to be something that if you're not really paying attention to or you're not really hearing, y- you might jump up and, and get enraged and we'll have a big problem. So kind of hold your PPs in your hand right now. Okay. Don't squeeze too hard. That might hurt. But. The thing that I think should be paid attention to is that the longer we have this battle, the longer this goes. And it's a thing of if we just hurry up, pull this knife out, get it over quickly, then eventually we go back to our world because... The, the truth be told that I will say this about anybody that sits in a political spot. And I'm not trying to take up for politicians. I'm just trying to tell you the facts. No political leader wants a country in free fall on their record. So I want everybody to remember that. No president wants to preside over a country in free fall. And so the reality of it is that they literally, whether you believe the media or not, they want this gone just as bad as you do from a political perspective. Now, when you watch what they say on TV, it's a whole different ballpark because they got to play the media stupid games, right? But deep down inside, they're all looking at it like they know you are not stupid, Mr. Blaze. They know you're a guy at the ballot box, right? And they recognize... Huh? And they recognize that you could either enhance their political dreams or kill them. And so when you listen and pay attention to this, these things that anger you, and I tell you all the time, turn the news off. If you're paying attention to governors or to uh, the the persons who are running this organizations like the CDC, who, whoever you hear their recommendations, follow them. Let's get this over quickly because the fact of the matter is nobody makes money 
in this being the way that it is. And if they do make money, it is only short term. Yeah. So let me just end that right there because there are people out there. Oh, this was the pandemic. First of all, nobody wins in being a country that has millions of people dying. Nobody wins in that. And if you believe that, then let me ask you this question. With all of your businesses shut down, with nobody having money, with nobody being able to buy food, with people, as you're saying, committing suicide, how long does this country survive under those conditions? So for all of those who are saying, oh, the, the government wanted this to, to kill off the people, well, then what comes next if everybody's dead? So those are things that I hope that you'll take into your consideration that it's something that happened. It's something that we're trying to get over. We're trying to get over it hard. We're trying to get over it as much as as fast as possible. And we're trying to get back to some sort of normalcy before this all kills us all off. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, the second thing that I hope is a thing to like bring up here is that at some point there has to be, and I know that uh, this is very difficult because uh, we are in many cases a self-driven society which means that we operate out of what hurts us and not necessarily considering the other side of the argument. And uh, human beings are human beings, and I think we can all agree on that. And I think that a lot of the... Pro- Actually, I don't think. This is, this is kind of a, a conviction. A lot of us because we only see the world through our own lenses miss the fact that on the other end is somebody who may not feel about you the way that you think they do. For example, most folks may think, Oh, he's a redneck from Oklahoma and I'm a Negro from Virginia. Those two don't like each other. Well, who said that? Who, who, who said that that is a possibility or who put that picture in your mind that those two individuals can't have any type of communication. And so when you operate off of that and and you start to believe it, whether you sit on the black man's side or the white man's side, that now we have this emotional trauma that we're carrying that is a way to keep us divided. Now, I will say that in contradiction of my own self, there is a pandemic going on. And that is bigger than any human mind can think about. And if you went to church this morning, that's all I got to say about that. So now that we know that we're killing each other off when neither of us are the real enemy. Now, how can we help each other? Regardless of whether we go to the Republican church or the Democrat church, whether we are uh, black or white red or yellow, green or blue, if you go stand at the urinal, it all whips out and does the same thing, right? So, yeah. how do we help each other? 
it's just kind of hard to try to help each other because of you know like you're saying everybody else's viewpoint um just because you know i vote for somebody doesn't mean i could have a decent conversation or you know be as friendly as that person or honestly be an, a bigger asshole than that person um it's all the hands that were dealt with you know but we just got to roll with the punches and just hope the best we can like i don't even know how to i don't even know how to elaborate to that we just got to help so let me let me let me let me let me let me tell you how i see this as uh somebody was calling me i don't know who that was um let's talk about blaze real quick right why does blaze want to be in the military Out of all the jobs in the world, why this? Well, um, it's not that it's not that I want to go to deploy and get into combat and get in the shit. I mean, everybody wants to do that, but be you know just. just how do I put this? Um, I, I've I have one friend that was combat deployed to Afghanistan. I know multiple people that have had combat deployments. Um, both of my grandfathers served in Korea, and so I am, you know, I grew up hearing about the military my whole life. It was all good, um, and just the fact of wearing the uniform signifies that hey, I finished where I started. You know, I finished. Not necessarily finish where I started, but I finally am wearing a uniform and I finally found where I belong. Whether it be active army or gold, um, going through the gold program for the Oklahoma National Guard to be an officer, and that's what I'm doing right now. You know. Why do you feel like you belong in the military? I'm just proud to wear the uniform. So why do you feel like you belong in the military? I feel like I belong there because a lot of these kids nowadays that are my age are there just, you know, hey, I get to wear this fancy uniform. I don't care what anybody else says or, oh, I just, I'm just here to have my college paid for. I don't care what anybody else says. But then there's me that's like, well, I get my college paid for. I get to go to drill. I get to wake up early as hell and go to drill. You know, whenever that time comes, I get to wake up and go to drill and just embrace it. Be proud of who I am and where I've come from. Um, and that's that's kind of one of the reasons why. It's because I don't want to be a stereotypical E1 that, you know, hates life. When I was um, on my way to college, the recruiter came to me. I was uh, in ROTC. I'm sure you've heard of the program. And um, pretty high up in there. And he's like, you're going to the military, right? And I'm like, 
no. And he's like, why aren't you going? And I said, and he presented the case. You know how the recruiters do. You can get the the GI Bill. You can get your college paid for. We'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. And that was the first turnoff for me. Because it was a thing that I didn't feel it. And I felt as though if I was going to do it, I had to believe in it. Not, oh, how can I take the government's money? But can I believe in this? And so the thing that fascinated me was because my ROTC commander came to me and I don't think she knew what was going on in my head, but she kind of spoke to it. And she's like, you should go. You're going to enjoy it. And I'm sitting there like thinking that I would only enjoy the money is what she was saying. I would only enjoy the fact that I get free college. I would only enjoy the fact that I get taken care of by the government, which is something that I never wanted to do and I never still don't want to do. Much to the dismay of some people who think that that's all uh, people of my descent want, right? So I didn't do it. And I grew up, got through college, and then I had a program or I was working in contract with the government. And I went on base for the first time. And that's when I realized I'd fucked up. Would you like to know what happened? How'd that go? I smelled the air. You ever been on base and smell the air? Yep. And and I and and I went shit. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's when I knew she was right. I would have loved this. But I didn't do it because I had the wrong influences in my head. I had the people who were telling me to go for the money. I had the people who was telling me to go for basically rape the government of everything they got. They owe you that anyway, blah, 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 blah. And I fucked up. So. Shit happens. Huh? Shit happens. I mean, I don't regret it. It, it is what it is. I don't regret anything. I, I got the moment to realize and experience it. And in many cases, it was a great thing that I did what I did and the, the opportunities to be connected to the military that I was connected to was great for me. But at the same time, it was the reality that I understand and I resonate with why you're saying you're doing it. Because if you feel it, then it's really not about... If you go on that base and you smell that air and you smell home, that's when you know you're supposed to be there. It's like... <sighs> yep. When you get that feeling, that that's when you know. So, we know why. What's from here? What what is what is 
What is the twenty-year plan for Blaze? Have like twenty kids and live on an island somewhere? No, um, twenty years. Um, hopefully, I'm I'm trying to get on a bigger department after basic training um, and go through the academy uh, at Oklahoma City, and we'll see how that goes. Um, and with the military. I would be able to have double retirement. So I plan on being in the fire service and being in the military until retirement. So you're not you're not going like full fledged active, you're going like reserve active. Oh it's it's just uh the state's national guard. So so that's um, basically how far you're going? We're not you know, we're not gonna see you on you know, I mean, I would try. I'd at least give it my best shot to see if I can go active army and try to get a special forces contract, or you know, be be that person. You know, because that's that was my original plan. I wanted to go into special operations um, with the Marine Corps, and if they never worked out, and I went tried to go special forces for the army and they never worked out and so I just stuck with the National Guard and it's just you know a good opportunity I'm thinking about going to airborne school if I go active just so I can experience jumping out of a perfectly good airplane but you know that sounds like fun to me so you sound like a dude that does not care if he gets neutered Oh, I care. Well, that's a good thing. Oh, I care. Just say, but then again, you you fight fire, so there's always that sense of yeah, I can get neutered tomorrow. It's okay. So, what can I do for you? I always love. What can you do for me? I always love when I ask that question, and you just get bone silence. What can you do for me is not new to me. I don't want to be anywhere near your penis. Trust me. Well, you talk about neutering all the time. It doesn't make sense. I mean, neutering has nothing to do. I mean, that's a figure of speech. That's a figure of speech down east. I mean, you know, don't you mean down south? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're in Virginia. Well, southeast. But anyway, um, what can I do for you? No, for real. How can I help you? You know, I would have to get back to you on that. I love that question. It always ends in that same answer. (laughs) And you want to know why it ends in that same answer? Because nobody expects it. <laughs> so I would like well, for you no to think... Because it's an open-ended open question. It's not that open-ended. Yeah, it's pretty open-ended. Okay. Well, anyway, um, you let me know what I can do for you. How can I be a good buddy to you? Yeah, um, well... Um, as 
especially during the fire service and the military, uh, with everything that's been going on, you know, uh, traumatic experiences, check on your friends. Call them up to say, hey, man, let's go get a drink. You know, what are you doing right now? Let's go for a run or let's do something. You know, with everything that's been going on, you know, I started to slowly get out more and be precautious, though. Um, you know, go to my friend's house, sit down, have a beer, and drive straight home. Um, it's just, you know, it's you just got to be there for, for everybody. You mean you sat down and had a Coca-Cola, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Not beer, Coca-Cola. I, I, I honestly prefer... Uh, Pepper, okay, just just so we know. I don't want people to think that you know you were an underage alcoholic. No, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm yeah. I don't I don't really drink. Yeah. He drinks Coca Cola and Dr. Pepper, my friends. <laughs> yeah. I I drink a lot of caffeine though, that's for sure. Yeah. So um caffeine is like in my blood. I can tell. And that's like super dangerous. I can tell. So anyway, you can um, tell I'm a drilling junkie. Huh? You can tell I'm a drilling junkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you let me know, like I said, what I can do for you, and um, you know, yeah. We'll have to redo that last question. That last question didn't make it. Huh? We'll have to redo that last question. That isn't making it sense. What? Letting me know what I can do for you? Yeah, because it didn't make, like, I started talking about a drink and it didn't make any sense. So, yeah. Um, okay. Especially with your political friends. I don't really pay attention to them. So, there's that. (laughs) There's that, huh? There's that. 